Hi everybody, this is Marlene with Miami Ghost Chronicles Stories of the Supernatural. And I hope you enjoy this new show, whether you're viewing it on the internet or listening to a podcast version of the episode. I do want to thank you for being part of my audience. You can also find links to videos or podcasts on MiamiGhostChronicles.com as well as where you can submit your story about any eerie experiences you've had which I would love to hear about. Just go to the Submit Your Story tab. Please subscribe to our channel so that you receive notification of when we release a new show. And find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. This is where I usually live stream and where I give you a behind-the-scenes look at locations where new episodes are being filmed at. I also tell you about all the interesting guests that will be appearing soon on Stories of the Supernatural. I hope you enjoy the show, and I think you are all wonderful. Hi, everybody. You are now listening to part two of this fantastic interview with that I did with author and paranormal investigator Steve E. Asher. Uh, this was such a fantastic interview, but I had to split up into two parts, which I thought was the best way that you could all have a chance to enjoy all the fantastic stories uh, and firsthand experiences that Steve talked about. So here it is. uh, People that work for ambulance services, thank God for them. But, you know, they, they, to a certain point, thrive on misery. It's just a sad part of life. But, you know, um, you know, it's really so strange that like I know, like in your area, obviously you you have mental, probably old mental hospitals and and things like that. Have you ever been like, like in this area of the South? What in Kentucky? Yeah. Oh yeah. As a matter of fact, I was. I've been to Kentucky a few times, and I was there in October in uh, Lexington for Scarefest. Okay. Now see, that's that is extremely cool. But the thing, what you got to remember about Kentucky is, it's like it's like a long shoe. Okay, you're kind of like Lexington. You're look at up top of the shoelace at the top of the shoe. We're way down in the toes. We're, we're down in toe jam over here. We're way back over here. We Western Kentucky is basically Appalachia without that many mountains. Okay. Um, it's sort of like we get the last little little bit of the sandwich before it comes through. It comes through Frankfurt and all that. And the larger cities are extremely vibrant and cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not that I'm dogging where I'm from, but sometimes it can be a hard knock life, you know. Mm-hmm. But just like in Appalachia. Uh, and what's funny is a lot of people in Appalachia – have similar stories and spooky places and things like that and hollers i guess you call them hollows right uh, hollers and this and that and same thing with west kentucky there's very much of a kinship between those two to those those two factions most most of it's rural working class mm-hmm. poor folk agricultural base uh somewhat superstitious right clannish uh, clannish meaning like group wise, not like with the white hats. Clannish. I'm sure there 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 was some of that too. You know what? I took it. I didn't take it the wrong way. Believe me, I did it. It was like it was, it was a joke. It was a joke. I know, but, but I was. The, <laughs> but anyway, keep going. You're wonderful. Anyway, but no, I mean, and there's that type of thing when you have. And don't be wrong. There's a lot of very well educated people who keep alive oral traditions, like we talked about. Mm-hmm. But there's also that thing where. Um, that's kind of what you got. You do with what you got. It's like people's like, we got to stop coal mining. And people like in this area in Eastern Kentucky is going, um, 
please no, we're going to starve to death. We kind of need, you know, if you can find a way to do something different with the coal, please use it because that's kind of our thing. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and, and that's neither good, bad, or indifferent. Again, I'm not getting into yeah, politics. Yeah, no, no, but, exactly. It's... You know, but that's what, you know, that's what we got. Exactly. And, uh, that's the reality of your life. But that is what it is. It is what it is. I mean, and like I said, it's not, I'm not trying to paint it up like it's coal miner's daughter up in here, <laughs> but it's that, you know, Southern kind of, we don't always talk about certain things and we like, you ever heard the term, let sleeping dogs lie? Yes. That, that should be like on our, like, welcome to Princeton. <laughs> Just whatever yeah. you see, just hush now and forget about it, um, which I love my town. But like I said, I've always had a love of because being kind of on the fringe, um, you see things differently. And and so – but it's so, so funny now. A lot of the folks I grew up with are the folks that are over parts of town. You know, you just have like X amount of families that kind of control a town. But okay. – um, but – I I have good camaraderie with these people. Mm-hmm. I can pretty much go into their office and go, hey, I need to talk to you for a second. And especially now that I'm writing, um, mm-hmm. because town's starting to get a little bit of notoriety, I guess by osmosis from you know dealing with me and this and that and people saying that. And, and I mentioned like I've you know George Coon and library, and I will just throw it out there. And so people go, oh yeah, this is where so and so did this and that, or hey, this is where he's talking about that girl in the well, or this is where he talked about. And because um, it's so funny because we've had people – I've talked to younger officers because there's wall stands all around the penitentiary. Okay. I don't know if you've, if you've ever actually seen the penitentiary. It's like um, – it's crazy looking. I mean it's, it just looks like you, like you built a castle in the middle of middle, middle the Well, school. I mean I, I haven't been that one. I mean I've been to Moundsville, the one in West Virginia. Uh, I've been to Eastern State. Uh, yeah, there's so, a lot of similarities between that and Eastern State. Okay. Um but um, but yeah, I mean, and you would have folks that, you know, are asking. And you know, I've had people at, say, "Have they ever asking about such and such and five cells?" And it's like, I really can't discuss it with you, you know, because, you know, you know, catch me off. You know, I'm like, hey, if I'm out of my wall stand and walking my car, you can ask me anything you want. But mm-hmm. you know, and we actually had uh, we have News Channel Six, uh, I think it's WPSD. Sorry, I'm giving them a plug, but they did a. Uh, Interview with me about the penitentiary at just outside the penitentiary. Okay. And it was right at shift change, so all the guards are coming oh. out, and they're looking, and and I'm thinking I'm gonna get mugged or. <laughs> but I had people, hey buddy, seen you on TV, Hollywood, you know, all that kind of stuff. I'm like stop. But that's that's something that's really struck me because I never ever expected people to take to it. I I didn't expect to sell a book, you know. Um, and again, it's weird. It's sort of like. Well, wait a minute, aren't you going to yell at me and stuff? You know, I'm, I'm, you're used to that. You know, okay, right. I don't know how to take this because this is not one. And I'm not saying it like, I, you know, that's all I got. But it's one of those things growing up here, like you said, um, spirits could not talk. They said in the Bible, said that the dead, either the dead have nothing to say or dead cannot speak. And I was like, well, that's funny. It didn't, it wasn't like uh, King David called it. Like the Witch of Endor, or yeah, no, that's that, like that. that's the thing. There's a lot of contradictions sometimes in the Bible about certain things, right? And and like you said, you know, um, and I'm okay. I'm gonna say this. This is this is about as controversial as I get. And people <laughs> say, well, don't you believe in the Bible? I said, which one? 
I mean, are you talking about the, the one they changed in Constantinople? Are you talking about the Ethiopian Bible? You're talking about the, you know, King James throw, Version, which one? Throw me a throw me a bone, you know, guys. Um, and there's so many stories that come from Egyptian culture that come from uh, Sumer culture. Uh, you know, the, the the holidays of Christmas has got to do with birth dates of other gods and mm-hmm. the fact that we even call. You know, Jesus, the son that's connected to like Egyptian, you know, I guess yeah. like raw mm-hmm. worship. But that does, does that mean I'm not saying that Jesus wasn't there? No, I'm not saying that. Um, like but, I said, this is this is the sort of conversations that kept me out of the good schools. You know, <laughs> um, that and I, I was a horrible student. Let um, me ask something, Steve. Did you ever have any of the prison inmates ever tell you, not, you know, no. Because if you were writing a book by what the time that you were working there, they're saying, "Man, there's something in here," or "I heard something," or "I saw something." I'm sorry, I was laughing because I was searching to say, "I was going to say, Steve, have, have you ever had Ritalin?" Uh, no, I never had Ritalin. Um, <laughs> might have helped, but um, yes, um, there were some times where there was okay, there was a cell. Okay, let me explain this. Lord, this is crazy. Okay, you take a box. Okay, take an animal cage. It's a bad analogy, but it, it fits. Okay. You take an animal cage. It can you can put little sections in it to where if it needs to be slightly smaller to fit a smaller dog. Okay. Okay. Or you can move some of the little dividers out of it if you have mm-hmm. a larger dog as they grow. Well, okay. when they built the penitentiary, cells only had to be, I think, four foot by about the size of a closet, four foot by maybe five foot. Wow. And uh, yeah, and 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 usually those were double or triple bumped. What? Yeah, it was like uh, like a like a like a Japanese hotel where like you go into a little pod, except you know buggery and stabby and stabby people. But um, there had been one that had been moved out or had been altered because at, back in the old days they didn't have heat uh, like uh, modern heat. They didn't have modern plumbing. They used to have, you know, you would have your little poo bucket and you'd hand it to the, or dump it into the thing, and uh, and then it would go out. Right. So, I was talking to a guy, and they, this one guy kept having his count come wrong. Counts are very big. Counts are way up there. Um, like, yeah, showing up for work, making making sure your counts are straight. No one is stabbed. They can tell you this is your duties, uh, you know, a 500-page list. That's the basics. You show up for work. Right. You make your rounds, do your counts, hope to keep somebody from getting stabbed. Don't get stabbed. Don't yeah. cause a stabbing because um, I've seen that too. But wow. anyway, we kept having these problems with his uh, his count. Well, captain or sergeant come up, old guy. Um and he come up there, kind of one of those. Uh, did you ever see? Um, was it Cannonball Run? I had Jackie yes. Gleason in it. Yes, I, like, I remember I that movie. I'm gonna punch your mama in the mouth. That guy. Yeah, I remember that. Looked, oh my God, like, yeah, you, you know, child like of my loins or something like that. Yeah. yeah. There's no way you'll come from my loins. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he come up there, and that's one of the bad things about prison. Uh, a lot of times, there's not a lot of activity, but when it is activity, it is blowing up. Um, oh, so a lot wow. of times, guys, you know, sit around, drink coffee, eat a donut, smoke a pack of cigarettes at the night. They they kind of get that that spread and they get out of the out of shape. Well, um, anyway, he come up there and he was looking around about this and that, and they kept having problems with it. 
and um and he said uh i'm getting i was having this wrong count i don't know what is going on well i'm getting wrong count i'll make a round and then my counts keep being off so often i don't know if somebody's able to get up out from under a cell if they're hiding well and they, and they said which walk is it on it was on e walk okay the way self cell walks are set up you walk onto an open hallway to the left there's what they call a and b walk which has two cells that face each other you go down about 10 feet there's c and d walk which has two cells looking at each other okay and then you have e walk which is a single walk that faces out toward the wall a lot of times there's murals painted of different places and it kind of gives them something to focus on mm-hmm. but it's a single walk and usually that's meritorious walk if you're a kitchen worker if you're somebody that needs some quiet to get up early for work uh old a lot of time the old timers are there uh-huh well come to find out uh he was going back to the cells and he was counting he said it was this one here and he's like and the guy says no he says no it's like count it back up it's like a fourth or fifth one in he said uh you're talking about 16 or 15 and he said no 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 there ain't there no that's it there's not that many cells he says, no, there's that cell. He says, no, come here. And he shows them, and it's an air vent. It's a where they put one of the, the housing for the air conditioning. They seen this guy because he'd come up. He would do the do the count. The inmate would stand there, have his uh-huh. ID, and he would go back to his cell. Never said a word. And he said, no, man, this there's not been an inmate in this cell since, like, 1940. Oh. And I talked to one of the uh, janitors. Um... I won't say his real name. He he went by the by the nickname Love Kills, and I'll tell you that great story in a moment. <laughs> okay. It, it, I, I'm telling you, I'm gonna do a pop-up book of all these. It's great. <laughs> I'm just gonna so, be a runaway bestseller. It's it, you know. I'm, I mean, I'm I'm telling you, I jokingly uh, say people say, well, why don't you put this on television? I'm like, man, I don't know if they want to see this on television. Some of it's pretty raw, but and he would he was like older uh, older black fella, and he was from kind of Louisiana, got dang talking like that, and uh. And I was like, hey, I said, uh, won't you tell me what's going on? Which when he was off work, he was like, well, I tell you. He, it's like he had that crazy kind of, hey, buddy, what's going on? You know, you know all this and that um, persona on the yard. And he says, because people leave him alone, they think he's crazy. <laughs> it makes sense. Well, anyway, I, I, well, I get it. I mean, well, it, you know, you blend, you find what works for you in that environment. It's mm-hmm. a defensive mechanism. But he said, he says, Oh yeah, no. He said, I said I've been here since uh, since the uh, late middle sixties or something. He says, so I remember them talking about it when I come in here, and I was like, well, what happened? And he says, well, um, there had been a guy in there, and I guess they were fighting over somebody getting a cell, and I think the guy died, got killed in there, and oh no, no, what it was, they were going to move him because they were going to put in new uh, venting. They were going to move him okay. out of there. And apparently something happened, and he died, or some some sort of situation. I'm blanking at the moment. I apologize. That's but okay. and he said, yeah. He said, but people still hear that guy walking around in that cell, even though there's there's nothing there. Exactly, and that and that's the thing for anybody that came after the fact that had no idea that at one point that had been a cell. Right. Well, and that's the thing, you know, because the s- standards change, and and they take into consideration. You can't do certain things with, you know, a solid stone building. Mm-hmm. You know, prefab stuff, you can kind of do a little bit with them. But you have a yeah. five or six floor 
you know, facility or, you know, a big building, you got what you got. But, yeah. um, but yeah, and because I said that's really strange. And I was, he's another one of the guys I asked about the, uh, I talked about CND walk there as a shower. And you would feel somebody there and you kind of look, you don't really see anything. Well, you walk down. The way the cell walks were, you walk all the way down past eight, uh, 17 or 18 cells. There's a fire door. You wiggle the handle, make sure it's okay. Then you turn back up, walk back up the walk. Well, as I was down there by the fire exit, I kind of was getting ready to turn. I thought I saw something like a shadow or something shoot from the open doorway into the hall into the sh shower. I'm like, hmm. First, I thought, well, maybe a captain or somebody snuck in. They always like to because I worked a lot at midnights. I was thinking, ah, he's going to try to play with me and try to scare me coming by the cell. Okay. And I'm starting to kind of walk back up. So I'm watching it. Well, then I see another, like a shadow, but I, it was very, it was more distinct because it was almost like, um, wow. It, okay. Take a shadow off the wall that doesn't like the wall. And like at first, like, you know, like if you have like a, Say you have a box on a wall, right. the shadow's going to go across it, but it's going it's to warp differently. This didn't do that, and this thing was like off the ground. It like hovered through the air. So then I hear some you know, mumbling and grumbling and almost like somebody getting slapped. Uh -huh. So I, I run up uh, because – what, what else? Oh, that's my exit. Um, I have to run up there. I have my uh, – I have my mag light. You don't have – Kentucky State Penitentiary, you don't have weapons. You don't have – you know, sticks, and you don't have all this and that. You have a radio, wow. uh, and your your wits for the most part. Now they do issue you a about an eight battery mag light. It's an old school mag light. It's metal. Uh huh. You know what? That's your flashlight. God forbid somebody comes up on you, and it swings at you. You you have what they call reactive physical force, and if you if you swing away, that's on them. Um, penitentiary wow. life. That's all I'm saying. It's brutal, but um. I ran up there, didn't see anything. And when I spoke to Love Kills about that, he had mentioned that there was um, an older inmate, kind of a granddaddy type. Okay, granddaddies were kind of the guys that ran. You ever heard of shot callers? Guys that kind of like run the walks. You may not be familiar with that term. No, no, but I, I mean, I, I understand the concept though. It, right? right, which, you know, if you actually, if you have a a, a good, strong granddad on on the walk, Mm -hmm. Generally, you don't have a problem because he's like, you guys keep it down. Or when we're on the yard, it's going to be a problem. And they go, okay. So made made our jobs easy as long as they weren't mistreating anybody. They just were very strong inmates. Okay. Uh, that's just the nature of the penitentiary. But, but yeah, he had told me that apparently something had happened and uh, the guy chased him in there. I don't know if the guy slipped or whatever, but he ended up cracking his head really bad and I think he died. Ooh. Um, and that just would happen. It seemed like it would happen a lot when it was when it was storming, which really? electromagnetic energy. Uh -huh. uh, which you know, I always talk to people about. They says, "Well, any kind of hokey that they're saying this." And I was like, "No, think about it." You know, it was a dark, stormy night. It was this, isn't that? It <laughs> yeah. wasn't just for atmosphere, but it was literally for atmosphere. Even that movie, uh, what's it called, Ghost Story? Mm -hmm. You know, the, the girl appeared in the snow. You know. Um, you know, we're all interconnected. We try to act like we're this, we're up here, but we're still yeah. in 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 the mire with everything else. We're we're, we're just animals that, you know, invented whatever. fire. 
invented fire and, and, and we probably just tripped over and happened to well, find Well, not invented that, it, but, but harnessed it anyway. Right. And, you know, because like I said, there's animals that obviously can use tools. And mm -hmm. I'm, if I'm not mistaken, uh, isn't it, doesn't dolphins have like a larger cerebral cortex than we do? Yeah. So, yes. You know, and so for us to think that we've got oh, yeah. um, got this all figured out is pretty Ooh, arrogant. But Absolutely not. No, but not like I said. Uh, but yeah, yeah, Love Kills is one of those guys. <laughs> what? Uh, if you, I'll tell you the story. Um, and this is kind of not what doesn't so much have to do with spooks, but it's pretty spooky. Okay. So I talk to him, and I, and I speak like he speaks. And please don't take it as I'm doing it in some sort of racial thing. This is just how he spoke. That's, that's how he spoke. That's how he spoke. And and I was like, I have to ask you. He said, Yes, yes, young man. Um. He said, why do they call you love kills? He says, I got – there's two things in life I love, Officer Asher. And I said, what is that? And he said, beautiful woman. I said, okay, I can see that. He says, and uh, crack cocaine. <laughs> okay. I said, yeah. I said, uh, so is it like like it's one or the other? So are, are together? He says, oh, no, no. That's what got me in here. He said, when I do that cocaine, I, I get I get choky. Oh. I get choky, and I went, oh, no. He said, yeah, that was no good. And I said, no, sir. Uh, I said, women are all right. Just leave that other stuff alone. He said, oh, if I ever get out of here, I will. When I first come on the yard, he was a tool used by the penitentiary. When you walk into that yard, first thing he goes, look, it's a new Klansman. That was the exact thing he said. <laughs> first thing he said at me, uh, look at that new Klansman. And I'm looking at my shoulder like, where? You know, I'm already joking back with them because uh -huh. some people just looked at the ground and were scared, and then even went, "Oh, we can have fun with that one." <laughs> so I just started popping back, you know, and uh, and he'd be like, you know, says, "Where's your where, where's your hood?" I said, "I'm getting pressed," you know, and, and he laughed, and it just like, okay, and he left me alone. And ever uh, since then, we had this weird back and forth. I know it sounds so. No, I know, but he know he it, yeah he he knew it, that you had figured him out, so it's like well he well he knew. I, I never missed a beat on his rap, and like I said, where I was born um, before we were living in county for first for first few years, I lived in what was considered Blacktown. Okay, there's a section; it's sort of its own little area. It's it's changed a little bit, and people, mm -hmm. more people live together. But back at the time, it was just about the time when they were starting to desegregate schools. And um, so anyway, I, I grew up with a lot of black folks and. And it was just folks were folks. And so, like, if I'm it? like, you know, if I say words like, you know, uh, you know, I'm hip to this or I'm hip to that or you're, you're in the cut on this, I come by that genuinely. I'm not trying to right. <laughs> sound no, I, like I, this now. But he, like I said, I was used to people cutting heads like that. So when I just started bopping back at him, he was like, oh, okay. You know, he did not expect this little, this little fat bald guy to kind of be coming back at him <laughs> like that. But he could tell it was with, with good spirited stuff. But. It was so strange that there you have moments. You have moments like that. It's not all nightmares because mm -hmm. people hang themselves every day in there. Um, you wow. have to make jokes. And you have to make sure. a game of it. And even though, because like I said, I know when they were talking about, no, it's okay. Mine's the same way. Um, but yeah, it's just that thing. You know, you, you uh, if you don't, what's the old saying? If you don't laugh, you cry. Um, and that's not even that's not even talking about the paranormal aspect of it. Which is very, which is very, uh, very prevalent there. But you know, um, oh, I was going to tell you because you know, 
we talked about the penitentiary. We talked about the uh, asylum. Um, the orphanage that we were talking about, yes. uh, book three, uh, we actually got to investigate that. Really? Yes. And, um, yeah, we got we just got really weird stuff. Uh, we had had some remotes or uh, voice-activated recorders Recorders. set up so we went and did this and that and we said we had a couple guys that smoked that was on the team and i was like no we are not smoking inside it's going to get make all kinds of crazy pictures Mm -hmm. so we had everything else locked up we've already did a full sweep and we put a thing in the hallway okay there is a like a side a and side b there's a common area that kid the people i call them kids are special a lot of them were children and some were special needs adults and uh, because it had had different the building had different lives as it went. Um, but these people could sit in the common area and watch television. Well, we left a recorder close to where they would had used to keep toys and balls and all that. Okay. And what I remember, there was nothing like that there because basically they moved all the people out. There was still like a lot of old medical files scattered around. It looked like an old haunted asylum, you know. Uh- <laughs> so – it, it had the look. I mean, it was like right out of casting. I mean, it looked right. <laughs> Some lights were flickering. I'm like, <laughs> Jesus. So we went outside and let these guys blaze up. So we talked for a few minutes. Well, we come back, and I see that it's shown that it was recorded some. So we're okay. listening back to it, and you hear like – you know how like when – say you're hearing a car coming down the road. Right. First it's like a little distant, and then the music's loud, and then it fades uh-huh. off again. That Doppler effect, right? Yes. I think, I think it's what it's called. Well, you could hear kind of like a clop, 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 clop. Like someone's like like a kid, you know, almost like they're riding, running around with like a little broom or something, like they're trying to be a cowboy or something uh-huh. like that. You would hear that, but it sounded like they had a ball, like a mm. plastic tonk, tonk, like sound with a skipping. There, there, are, there weren't any balls there, uh, and there weren't certainly any children there. Um, so come to find out, we were talking to one, one of the people who had worked there. I said, don't tell us about anything. Let us discover what we discovered. Now they made one mention about there was supposedly there was a nun okay. that had died. She was burnt to death, I think. Wow. And they, you know, this is before, this is way before anything like the, the insidious movies and stuff. So, don't go, oh, you're taking a nun thing. No, no, no. This is way before that. Mm-hmm. But there was this, like, black form of nun, kind of like the thing that I saw. Okay. Now, there's a curse connected with this. Really? I know. Sounds very Scooby-Doo. But there's a <laughs> curse connected to it. And they said that if you happen to see that, don't chase after it. I'm like, not a problem. <laughs> no. Got you it. Got, <laughs> you got my 100% support in that. So um, so anyway, and I said, well, just curious, curious, you know, why? He says, well, there was one woman who had seen him and, and just thought somebody had gotten to the building and was running down there was trying to kind of get after him and ended up following him out to, into a hallway and it went through a wall. Okay. Okay. And I said, well, what's that got to do with it? I says, well, there's another guy who was an electrician and did the same thing. And he developed like like a really bad – some sort of um, – kind of like a cancer, but it was like wow. really extremely rare, and then it was just really weird. And he died like really fast, like died within six months. And he said – and he said, oh, that's unfortunate. He said, well, they actually both died within within six months of seeing this thing. Oh. And I said, oh, so you're saying don't chase it because it's got a weird 
voodoo yeah. cursing next to it. Yeah. And they said, as silly as it sounds, yes. And I went, yeah, it's not a problem. <laughs> but come to find out about the Skippy Hoppy thing, um, there had been a girl, um, young or young woman, and she um, had obviously diminished capacity. She was special needs, uh, pretty profoundly so. But one of the things that she loved to do was hop around and skip through that hallway. Oh. And and I was like, oh well, that's weird. Well, we had another bit of phenomena because they had these half walls that would kind of, I guess, it to damper some of the television sound going down the halls. I'm not, and I was like, you know, I could swear I'm seeing like a little shadow or something. There's no light source over there. Like something's like peeking and putting their head back and just like looking and they put their heads back behind the wall. And I said, I'm sure, I'm sure it's me. I'm sure it's me, right? Well, I told them that we were here and I said it was around, it was right before we went out and did the break. And she said, well, the same girl, a lot of times she would play hide and go seek behind that. And then she would go, and I was like, I said, well, that's weird. Why are we seeing her if they were transported? And she said, well, that particular girl died here. Oh. And I went, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's my it was like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, oh, come on. I'm like, come on. Seriously. <laughs> and um, so that was one of the things that really struck me. I was like, the fact that we got stuff that kind of coincided with all this. Right. And without you knowing Right, and, and that's, the, that's why, because I knew, I was like, you know, well, did they tell you about it? Well, yeah, well, then you're reading into it. That's why I'm like, short of like, this exactly. is dangerous, or there's a reason I'm telling you not to do, go here, be careful what you do here. I mean, because we, we'd had, and like the metal doors you can open mm-hmm. has magnets on the wall. You know, we would, we had them slam open, close. Um, then we heard a child, a little boy said, I want to go home. And I, we had heard, physically heard things, uh, kind of like muttering. But then we, we we listened to the EVP. Yeah, not cool. But we listened to the EVPs, and then you would hear like, want to go home, or it's cold here, or something like that. Oh, um, we went into the building, which I'll go, it, had, it was called the, the Father Higgins Learning Center. Okay. And um, good, like I said, good people. It's, it's uh, it, Sometimes hauntings happen in the most, you know, genteel places. Right. But so I was looking at a book at this room, and I wasn't sure whose it was. And um, and I had a voice recorder, and I said, "Does anybody know who's who lived here, or who who was over this?" And I was talking about the room. And okay, I'm gonna do my best impersonation. I'm okay on voices. I'm not the best, but um. You, okay, I've already, I've already did an impersonation of a black guy, and I'm going to do one of an Irish guy. You can hear a guy saying, it was the father's building. Like like he's whispering, like, it was the father's building. Oh and it wasn't God. like – you would think it would be, oh, hello, father, father, but it said father. And I'm right. like – and apparently certain people inflect that way and say father instead of – Oh, my of, God. Oh, freaking was crazy because – once we found that, I showed the person that got us in there, and they said, "Dude, that's crazy." You know, uh, they did not know the person personally, but they said, "Yeah, that was his office." And she even had like like parents, grandparents that knew, I guess, of 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 the uh, people that were there. And he said, "What they knew, he did have a very, you know, 
pronounced type of sound. Very yeah, yeah, distinctive uh, grow or whatever you call it. And and like I said, I mean, there was there was other kooky stuff that happened in there. I mean, you know, you'd have <clears throat> like I said when we was upstairs looking around, which is where supposedly the nun was at. You would have pop, you know, people moving up, sound like them down the stairs. We look down there, there's nothing there. We'd be at the bottom of the stairs. After that, you'd hear somebody walking up the stairs. Look, there's no one there. Um, there was there was heat on, so it's not like the house was popping and creaking under the code. Mm-hmm. We did we would get some temperature spikes in certain areas when there's activity, but not all the time. Um, so, you know, and it, would would that do that all the time? I don't know because we only got to investigate it one time because it was in the processes of being bought out. Uh, by a private company, mm-hmm. and so we just kind of got in there like sh- under the wire. We were not trespassing, but it was a thing. It was like, okay, we only have this building for a few more days before their ownership gets over it. There's yep. not any patients here, so yep. go for it. And um, so yeah, that was that was. And really did they weird. were they going to keep the building or were they going to demolish it and build something else? Well, actually, there's a guy who bought the building and turned it into a car shop. And I was speaking with him initially, uh, where uh-huh. they, you know, do um, you know, strip cars down? Well, not strip cars down, like repair them and whatnot, mm-hmm. paint them and such. Well, um, the lady that had got us in there before said, "Oh, I know the woman and and her husband who bought the place. They didn't know anything about the history, but they were talking about while they were trying, to, while they were gutting it, they were getting all kinds of activity." I bet. And I went. Really, right? So I'm like, so I try to talk to the guy, but he was very like, oh, I'm a writer. He's thinking, great, I'm gonna be in a book, and there's gonna be people here all the time. Yeah, he just kind of told me, he says, this is this is not a fit. I'm not gonna don't reprint anything I'm telling you. He said, but you know, yeah, we've heard this and we heard that, and I try to get in touch with him. I would love to have done a second walk. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know? But it just it wasn't meant to be, you know. Um, but the grounds. Stuff at the grounds are still the grounds. Um, just close to there, there had been, because this is Western Kentucky, there's cornfields and this and that everywhere. Uh-huh. Um, and there had been a little boy. It wasn't on the property. Apparently, his, he was with his father. I think the mother had passed, so it was one of those, you know, depression, you know, mm-hmm. dust bowl era stuff. Right. And the boy had apparently had been ill, and a lot of times in along uh, big stretches of farmland, they'll have like maybe a well house okay. or a little place where people can go in there and maybe clean up. Or if there's like, you know, well, hey, we're going to be finishing this in the morning. There's no point in driving all the way back home on a horse. It's going to take you six hours mm-hmm. or how long it takes you. Just we'll crash here, you know, almost like a little uh, hunting lodge. Right. Little boy had been very sick and he, um, he stayed on the porch. Usually he would drive with his dad. And he said, well, here, son, here's some water, and just you rest, and I'll check on you every so often. And he would make it by, you know, as he's going circles. But he's starting to get a little bit further out, so it takes him a little bit longer. Well, he um, he was doing some doing some work, and it was starting to get kind of twilight. And oh. he knew it would be pretty close. You know, he was getting – the sun was starting to settle. And uh, certain parts of West Kentucky, it's hilly, and so – you know, the lights hits the behind the trees. You know, the sun's gone. So, uh, and it may not necessarily be sundown, but it's coming. So, he uh, was doing that. And so he was trying. He kind of actually kind of glanced behind him to look back at the the thing to make sure he he was still doing okay. And well, he uh, 
he turned back up uh, just to hit a, hit a thresher, a corn thresher, just in time to see the top of the little boy's head, uh, his, his hair. And the thing about those machines, you can't just go click, especially those old ones, and stop it. Oh, yeah, I know. I tell, I'm sorry. I tell horrible stories. But – and it – the boy had had a small caboose. Um, not not his caboose, but like a little toy caboose. Uh-huh. And I guess it was his, from his mom. And he was trying to shut the machine that the dad was, and he's still spitting some corn off into the little feeder behind it because that's where the corn goes. So he's up there, and he's trying to pull through it, and he's thinking, man, maybe he – slid up under it or maybe he so he's trying to pull ears of corn and he's starting to get he's starting to see some streaks on some corn and you know it's starting to get and corn's got blood splatter on it and so he's he gets it and he uh he picks up that little caboose and it's just gnarled blood soaked and obviously he digs down about another five or six layers of corn and that there's that boy but the thing was he couldn't understand why he was out in that field. Right. And uh, he he said the boy hadn't pa- hadn't smiled since his mama had passed. And he had thought for some reason that either the boy thought he saw his mama out in that field. Right. Whatever. And he walked out to her, and then it's almost like it walked. Whatever it was, walked it in front of that, and it killed him. And people will still say they will hear the screams of that kid out in that field. Oh my God! Yeah, um, I did not hear the screams, but because that was such a crazy story, I had to put it in in uh, that third book. That's a little that's a little peek at that. Oh. Weird, right? Sad. Oh my God! <laughs> You're like, I don't want to talk to this guy again. I'm gonna to have to get on meds. I can't even. He's such a. Dep- you know what? But it's man. it's good. It's like it's good. It's like, no, but yes, but no, but yes. <laughs> well. Well, no, I mean, like I said, and you know what, honestly, and I joke about children's parties and stuff, but in in the future, I will write some children's books about special needs children, mm-hmm. and they have, you know, how they, people maybe see a kid and say, well, I don't know if I can play with these things. These kind of different, you know, and where you see where these kids aren't all, you know, kids are kids. Of course. It, it doesn't matter what your condition is or what your language is. You know, you put a kid from Russia and China and and, and you know, whatever, Newfoundland in America and, and in a pile with like some dump trucks, you know, we'll be making rum, rum, truck noises or little, yeah. you know, whatever, playing with dolls, whichever what they want to play with. But so, yeah, so I don't want everybody to think I'm just this guy that brings nightmare stories. I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> but my, my daughters, they go, so writing a new book, Dad? Yeah. I said, killed any kids yet? I said, no, but it's early. <laughs> You know, they and, <laughs> and they kind of it's kind of a jab but i'm like i'm like guys uh, it's one of those uh you ever heard like the guy like somebody's like drinking tequila or something there's no good story ever st- you know started with you know drinking tea or something uh-huh. or drinking water yeah there's going to be some hairy stuff to get to this other stuff and yeah. i'm not these aren't kids i'm not killing these kids they're stories they're brought to me <laughs> but um i have just got to include them. Well, no, it's just, but yeah, but they're they're compelling. No, I know, um, I understand. And you know what? Whether whether there's true or there's you know there's uh, urban myths, but still, it's not it's it's not far fetched in the sense of right. horrible things like that did happen. Well, there's a I'm blanking on the writer, uh, but I think he said it was talking about characters. And he said, um, 
in books kill your darlings um, because not mo- not all stories end not all stories end with rainbows and all that it's just the nature of it yeah it's unfortunate but true it is you know and like I said you're generally not going to have it's like oh this person had a charmed life and this isn't that and he had ice cream every day generally you're going to have some sort of ne- neglect or thing that causes that but okay back back to that little discussion about the YouTube show one of the things I talk to people about I know I'm all over the map I apologize um, is other than talking about urban legends I might go hey what's something that scared you when you were small or something that stuck with you that was not necessarily got to be horrific it could have been anything you could have watched uh, good lord um, trying to think of something from back in the day like the sleaze stack scared me when I was a kid uh-huh. Freaking slee stacks, right? They they had me on the ropes. They scared the crap out of me. Mm-hmm. But that kind of stayed with me. Just like, okay, what's something that scared you? Well, I saw, okay, like Old Yeller, that movie, The Dog Got Put Down. Sorry, spoilers. Dog Got Put Down. <laughs> and, uh, well, you know, I knew I wanted to be a veterinarian. I took that fear because I don't want to see a, a little animal die. So it's not always something that it cripples you. Sometimes it pushes you on to do oh, something of course, positive. Of course, everybody's affected differently. Right. Somebody, it's so like I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I, I, I can't walk away from this and forever be afraid. Right. And like I said, and sometimes fear is not, fear is not always bad. Fear is no. there for a reason. You know, that uh, protects us, but also it. It, it sometimes that stuff burns into your synapses and you're there and you're going that will not ever happen I will make get my yes. my life's ambition to minimize that as much maybe somebody had a, a son or a brother that died of a rare ailment I'm sure the guy that discovered polio had some family that was like that and he was like of course okay I, I've killed the monster you yeah. know that's an admirable thing but it was based on fear it was based on something bad so um like I said, I'm, I'm weird. I'm that guy. I'm a centralist. Like I said, I, you know, I think people are are dualistic. I think you you have to embrace the. I don't want to say embrace the embrace the bad as embrace the good, but you have to recognize it that it's there. Of and, course. Um, like I said, well, and you made a good point. Some people, it depends on how they handle fear. Right. Well, everyone processes it different. Some people don't process it at all. Oh, Some I know. Some people just can't. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to remember too, and I don't talk a whole lot about like my my son's passing, but mm-hmm. it was hard. Uh, I will say that, and I had to do CPR on him until they got here. Wow. Um, and out of that, as much as I hated it, um, we decided to do organ donation, and he he saved the lives of six other people. And and in that way, he's a hero, which I, he, he was a hero to me either way. But mm-hmm. it was one of those things where you um, you have to make something positive out of something negative. Um, yeah, it's just it's just how it was. Something else had happened, and I'm not I really kind of chafe on saying it, but I'm going to say it because it's what happened. When um, after his death, um, my little feelers or what do you want to call it? Mm-hmm. really amped up I don't know what it is I don't okay. know because I was so close to a death situation okay. um, but it really amped up for a while and uh, it took it, I really had to kind of not 
get involved with as much stuff like that because I get, well, I'm sure it's a certain amount of PTSD involved and sure. yes. and all that. But you know, um, the first book, um, I don't know if you've looked in the inside. I, I actually I've always tried to dedicate my books to my family and stuff. Mm-hmm. And and I had a little part where I said, you know, to Kaylee and Joseph, you know, I hope to, you know, if there's something there because I'm kind of an agnostic. And I said, hopefully, I will see you on the other side. Um, that book of being written and edited was in the in the moments and leading up to his death and through and through wow. that process of burial and the process of you know having them you know cross the street you know you can't hug your child right then because you know they're being prepared um That's... dark gnarly stuff but mm-hmm. um you have to process it of course and book the books in a lot of ways saved my sanity if, if i'm well if it was if you say you're not insane then you are insane is that how that works well but, no and you and and i'm it's i can understand exactly what you mean steve that that book but like you were saying that this is i'm sure that there were moments and i'm guessing but that maybe in spurts where maybe when you were writing you were able to kind of forget for a moment you know like a like almost like distract yourself for a little bit in order to engage back again and and uh and handle what was in front of you at that time 100 percent, because you know and I, I, this is like a up there's a a very special episode of you know this thing but it's like my daughters didn't quite get it and it's not that i wasn't feeling it because i was crying every day mm-hmm. but it's like i have to busy my hands or i'm exactly. gonna lose my mind yes. you know this is not child one that we've lost this is a second child we've lost exactly and um and it then you know about did me in but it was a thing of going uh you know what's the other thing get busy living or get busy dying again i'm a movie i'm a movie file so i'm mm-hmm. gonna throw everything as a movie mm-hmm. reference right and that's very true though um you know that's just the nature of it um try to try to make it this good and to keep the memories as as pure and real as as you can and and go with it and take it as a as as a treasured moment you know yes. that's all you can do but like i said i'm sorry i didn't mean to get off no 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 that. that's, but, that's um, understandable but yeah i mean I well, so there's that, i mean because what you're in reality what you're what you're telling me is almost like the backstory of what was going on with you while you were writing that book right i mean well, and that's why i keep i mean that's why i write a lot now I mean, like I said, I mean, you know, getting three and four done, starting on one and two of the, what would be the, possibly a trilogy or a four-part okay. story about this area, okay. and uh, I mean, I've got, you know, stuff I want to write about legends, urban legends, stuff about folklore, super weird superstitions like around here, like we used to have things like you always lift your feet up when you go over a county line, um, different things like that. Okay. Um, I want to touch on some, you know, cryptid stories. I want to touch on. <clears throat> You know, people talking about uh, speaking with family that because that's kind of personal to me. Um, speaking with family across the veil, mm-hmm. uh, you know, angels, things like that. Um, connections between aliens and um, ghosts. Yeah. A lot of the ways they work are the same. You know, they will come in and out of walls. A lot of times they'll, you know, uh, sometimes people are levitated. Sometimes people, you know, have lost time the paralysis well, there's, is a, there's there's i mean there's even people that will that they've noticed like a spike in paranormal events uh dovetail with an increase in ufo sightings 
So okay, all right. Um, I'm, I do not know how much time we get, but I'll tell you one more oh, thing. Right ahead. And this is this is kind of personal. Um, the thing that, like I said, we I saw the really creepy thing when I was, I don't know, ten-ish. No, probably no more older than twelve. Okay. Um, me and sadly the same little boy. He <laughs> oh, he would not he would not sleep in the house, but we had gotten a little tent. And uh, so we would camp outside and we'd have like the little fire pit, you know, was made of bricks and kind of like a horseshoe pattern. And we'd cook uh-huh. hot dogs on it with a like a we didn't have a grill top. We took like an old refrigerator. <laughs> like, the old refrigerators had the metal ones. Yeah. You know, I was that kid that, you know, you had the you always had that one black fork because you're always cooking your hot dogs over the thing. <laughs> okay. Anyway, you remember. Uh-huh. But anyway, um, so we were out there and we were just sitting there watching the moon just because it was a it was a full moon it's beautiful well uh, i'm not gonna tell you that i encountered an alien i'm not gonna say that i saw a spaceship okay i saw something moving across right to left the clouds for whatever reason were going left to right and i just thought well that's really weird it must be a weird airflow to cause that cloud to go an opposite way of these other clouds right but and it was a grayish cylinder like kind of cigarish but it was smoother. It was like, but thick, like thicker. It was hard to describe. Okay. And it went, and I'm thinking, well, that's a really weird cloud. I don't know why it's going that way. And I'm thinking, okay, it's starting to hit the moon, and so it disappears. I'm thinking, oh well, the moon's very bright. You'll see it through the cloud, I guess. Right. Let's not be a very thick cloud. Well, this thing, say, let's say the moon was a half dollar. Okay. This thing was probably four to five inches. It was pretty big. And. So it was going, and I'm like, I'm waiting for it to come through the show the other side of it, and it never did. And I'm like, that's just so weird. And the only thing I could assume, whatever it was, kind of went like toward the edge of the moon and turned and went straight in behind the moon, like, and it just went. And we've sat there for like 15 or 20 minutes, and I'm like, How could something disappear? Like, because I'm asking myself, Did you see something up there? And he said, Yeah, it's almost like he said, It looks like a, like a cigar or like a, just something. It was weird. It wasn't lit up. It wasn't glowing. It wasn't like V. There weren't people peeling their faces off. There were lizards. None of that jump. None of that happened. But we seemed to have lost a little time. Um, not a lot of time, but some. Um, and, you know, that's as 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 exciting and sexy as that story gets. You know, <laughs> there was nothing. We weren't probed. Let me tell you something, like, though, but that's enough, like... See, that's, I, that's I don't bring I'm talking about. I, and I know it sounds so hypocritical, like, I'll talk about ghosts and spooks and boogers or what are you going to call them, but alien stuff, come on. I don't want to look nuts. I don't mean it to sound like that, but it's like I know I, ha- I have some understanding on, about this and that and, you know, fire, fire in the sky and the Roswell stuff and Randlesham Forest and a lot of the UFO-related stuff, mm-hmm. but I am not a ufologist. I am no. I do, not – that guy i i dance around it but i don't know i don't feel knowledgeable enough to really speak on a lot of other people's stuff you know and i understand that like you said it seems sometimes when yes that happens things happen um i've heard a bit about people talking about like the mothman thing mm-hmm. you know where you have something crazy happen and then all these bad things happen or then people start talking right, about the sightings in the sky um again my friend um who lives in um uh, Arizona, a little place called uh, Bullhead. Okay. Bullhead, Arizona. It's a little bitty tiny place. 
um, it talked about, you know, how they had like the lights over Arizona and stuff, or lights over Phoenix. Yes. Apparently, I think they were able to see it from there and stuff. And they talk about that kind of stuff, you know, because, you know, in those areas, you know, you have reservations and stuff. So they talk about skinwalkers and they talk about this yes. and that. You know, to me, um, that's so interesting. It's just I've not really physically felt or dealt with that that I know of. Um, I even had people say, you know, what about uh, what was the thing? Regression therapy. Mm-hmm. Why don't we talk about some stuff? Because, you know, there's I have some memories of things, but I don't know if it's a screen memory. I don't know if it's this or it's that. And I know this this may not my cred down, but if what cred I've got. But it's just one of those things. It's, it's it is interesting. And it's the fact that it's stuck with me all these years. It makes me wonder, well, why why does that stick with me like it does? Okay. You know, so. Well, could be, what, could what be kind of memory is it? Because I, I did hypnotherapy for many years. I was a hypnotherapist for many years. What, okay, what is it that I'd you're had, talking about? Okay, I had had this weird, it was a dream. As far as I know, it was a dream. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, we were living, me and my brother, Michael, were in, in a house, but it was sort of like a thatched type walls almost like like where you kind of tie hay together or tie straw together and the walls were kind of like not quite like a gilligan's island house it, it mm-hmm. didn't have that type of roof of palm leaves but it was like almost like a tarred type grassy thing so to kind of keep it watertight yes well, for whatever reason i was on a little cot and i heard this beating and banging and so i jumped out of bed i go to the back it's not exactly a window it's kind of like you can push it up and put like a little stick that holds it up right Ventilation. I don't know if that was something that was happening like ninth, tenth century, but it's kind of the time period it felt mm-hmm. European, Europeanish stuff, you know. Right. And so I see my brothers down there, and these things are fighting them. I couldn't quite make it out. They were again, they were very large and black. Um, the only reflectiveness that they gave off was a very dark purple, almost like a, almost like a negative of something. Okay. But instead of it being like black and white, it was black and purple, um, which is strange, obviously. Okay. And I'm thinking, well, I'm going to help my brother, you know, for whatever reason. I'm a really good brother because I'm wanting to run out there and help him fight these seven foot, eight foot tall, almost bigfootish looking, but they they almost seemed transdimensional, like they can kind of come and go. Okay. And um, so I go go out the back little door you know with a little wooden latch and i push it out mm-hmm. now i, I kind of looked through the little peep area or a little crack in the thing i didn't see anything and so i pushed it and immediately turned to my brother to the left by doing that i did not watch the steps that are in front of me and something comes out from behind the door it's one of these things and it jams me in my uh my right leg and the thing is it's not it wasn't a dagger it wasn't a anything like it it was a long really clean like super shiny like shinier than it should have been okay. almost like stainless steel implement into uh-huh. my leg but it it was almost hot it was almost like a, like a core like you would take a core sample or something right right and so it got me in my leg and it stunned me it like it it made my it like totally immobilized my leg so i fall back i roll back into the corner i remember i hit like a wicker or like a a handmade basket. I knock onions and potatoes, and they fall all over me and stuff. And I remember trying to get the dust and the skins off me from the from the onions. I mean, it was extreme. I was there. I smelled the hay. I smelled all of this. Um, and the thing looked at me, 
had a just a crazy, just a most evil looking expression on his eyes, and his eyes were just glowing, like glowing, like white eyes. And I woke up in you know modern times and or whatever. I was like, oh, geez, that was that was crazy. So after a minute, I kind of toss my legs off the bed, get ready to stand up. I go to stand up, my right leg gives out. I fall against the uh, or almost fall into the uh, what you call it nightstand. Right. And I kind of stop myself. I was like, whoa. And I sat back down. I was like, okay, well, maybe I've heard of people thinking that they're paralyzed and they wake up and they still think they're paralyzed. Right. Or they think that they're blind and they have hysterical blindness. Even then, I had enough sense to know, well, maybe it's just, okay, wake up, Steve. You know, wake up. Right. Well, um, I'm sitting there and my leg's aching. So I'm rubbing, rubbing my leg a little bit. And I look down there. And this is the thing that freaks me out. I had a pair of blue jogging, uh, jogging, on. say jogging because I'm from Kentucky. Uh, we say wrestling here too, but <laughs> I look where around the area where I was jabbed with that core, and my and these are new these are new jogging pants and there's a oh probably about the size of a I'm trying to think of what would be like a ten like maybe a ten penny nail if you know you remember ten penny nails at all. Mm-hmm. Like the bigger-headed nails. Yeah, About yeah. That size, there's a, like a – it's weird because it's not exactly a tear. It's almost like it was a scorch, almost like it was – I can't explain it. Really? And I went, well, why did I hit that? Maybe oh, – I was like, oh, well, maybe there was a spring come out of the bed or maybe – but it – and anyway, and I was like, that's really weird. And I talked to somebody who did regression, uh-huh. and, and he said, well, do you have any sort of scoop or half moons or any of that? I said, not that I know. And he said, check behind your ears, and this is and that. And I'm not noticing anything, but – that was extremely strange, um, but that was an isolated, as far as I know, isolated event. But you only had that one, that dream once. Yes, I mean I've had I've had displaced time dreams, but you know, this is the '80s. You know, Beastmaster was on television and all this stuff. You know, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean, I'm sure I've dreamed I was you know Bonnie Man, but I'm not the Bonnie Man. Um, I did do the na 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 when I jumped off stuff, but that doesn't count. Um, but that was that was really weird. But you know, he said, "Well, what about animals?" And I was just, "What do you mean?" He said, "Did did you have like certain encounters with certain things?" I said, "Yeah." I mean, I said the only thing I can really think of, I used to would have a lot of issues with owls. Okay. Um, like like I used to deliver newspapers, and I would remember having them drop out of trees into the road in front of me, just. That's really? not natural at all. Yeah, and I remember getting out of the car. I don't know why I got out of the car, but I remember getting out of the car and kind of checking it or going at it. And then it's almost like uh, – that sounds so nutty. It's not like someone said, get the car. But it was like, I should go to the car. <laughs> and I got back in my car, and I just drove off, and, and, the, and the bird flew, took off. It didn't make any sense. It didn't just like land. Wow. It, like, it kind of with its wings spread and kind of like – almost like it fell and that you know and i would there's a time or two i'd be driving and i would be seeing a shadow i'd be going across street lights and i'd see like a shadow on my hood i'm like what is that and i'd look and there'd be a big owl flying over my car don't know what it is but apparently apparently i'm cool to owls owls <laughs> dig me i don't know <laughs> but like, oh boy that it's how do you explain that 
I know. I sound totally insane. No, no, you don't. You don't. And I know what you mean. You know, one thing you can chalk up to coincidence, like, okay, this can happen to anybody, you know. But when it starts happening more than once and the odds on it start changing, you're like, okay, this is not a coincidence. Well, I saw that movie, Fourth Kind, and scared the out of me. And because it's like, you want to get regressed? I don't know. You know, (laughs) I'd rather my spine not snap in half. Um, But then again, who knows, man? It it might be some sort of, uh, I don't know. They might, you know, it might be some sort of Maybe that was you in a parallel universe. Who knows what's going on? Maybe that was you in a parallel universe. Well, I mean, I believe it's totally possible. I believe you know, I'm just, just like for sure. I mean, I mean, there's people that think that maybe uh, certain accounts of cryptids and or UFOs or ETs, maybe they're not necessarily from outer space as an intra or intradimensionals, which right. is why sometimes they're difficult to find after the fact. I mean, well, there's I mean one, that's one of the theories out there. Well, all that stuff with the, the you know Bigfoots and things—that's to me the scariest thing is what you didn't see, oh. or what you just caught a glimpse of. Um, like you know, we talked about stories, and I've I've had some people go, well, hey, why don't you get a hold of like I don't know, was it like Travel Channel or some of these different little ones that have these different little haunted things? Mm-hmm. And I was like, and and do some of these stories. I'm like, first of all, I don't I don't want them to cheese it up. I don't want them to make it so modeling and just over yeah. the top it's but people don't go ah that's crap you know it's not even even like though truth many that. times is stranger than fiction that's well true i mean but it's just a thing that to me these are these are very personal to me because a lot of the stuff i've experienced and yeah. and that's the hardest thing like when i put the first book out i went like you know like kissing your baby on the head put them in the reed thing and push them down the nile Good luck. And you're sitting there going, oh, how are people going to treat this thing? I know yeah. it sounds so stupid, but, no. you know, it, and I with totally the second book, uh, you know, the, the Hauntings of the Western Lunatic Asylum, because it's so different, um, because there's some some of these sad, some of these, there's got sadder elements, too, because there are, there's children involved. Well, I mean, the yeah. penitentiary book had children involved, too, because they had children mm-hmm. locked down, too. Yeah. and. You know, you lock somebody at stoves a loaf of bread with a counterfeiter and like a triple homicide rapist, and they put them all in the same cells. Let me tell you something. I did research. No classifications. On, um, there was a reform school up here in northern, uh, northern Florida in a town called Mariana. And uh, this was, you know, when this was when you were not old enough to go to prison, they would send you to reform school. If you were like a juvenile that was like really out of control or right. – uh, and it was like, and, and it was established like right around 1900. And, you know, like a lot of the things that they did back then, whether it was an asylum or prison, you know, they would make them like a working farm. They were self-sustaining. Plus they produced. Uh, right. the, the, here, we're going to, we're going to teach you character through hard labor. And, through and hard we'll labor. Break that of you and, and give you a, an out. And if not. Well, uh, and, and the thing is that originally it was meant as a school, like really, truly a school for, and it was even for boys and girls. And I'm going to, and usually it was meant for adolescents. You know, the same thing like what you said, kids that were left either orphans. But what happened, first of all, the first thing that I was came across was like in, what was it? I want to say it was 19, I want to say 1917. They had a six-year-old in there in reform school. 
And See, when that's I, insane. And I came across this. This was I researched this. This is not like sick. And he ended up dying of malaria, like within a year of being there. And I was like, I researched a little bit and I looked uh, at some of the records and apparently it showed where his father was in the reform, you know, for the in the penitentiary here up there in uh, in Rayford. And I don't know what the mom, but sometimes that's the same thing that you would think, well, obviously maybe there was nobody to care for this child, but how does a six-year-old end up? Yeah, got to be a better option than that. In I a mean, reform school. <clears throat> Back, but but that back then is what you were saying. Things like that did happen. As right. difficult well, as it no, is for us to believe it, it does. It did. Well, there was no safeguards. I mean, that's what I try to tell people. Um, again, like you know, like I always say, full disclosure. We we were, I guess, considered poor. Now I understand, like Kentucky, like the way we have, um, or say like um, trying to think of something, like say food stamps or something like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. We base our economic standings on what is considered national poverty level. Okay. If you make a dollar over national poverty level, you're a success story. Look at you. You don't need any help. Right. So once my mom split, you know, we would get like the commodity cheese and the cans of this and that and mm-hmm. the Donald Duck juice and all that. So uh, I understand it, and but th- thank God it was there. Um, and that's why I've tried to you know explain to the kids. You know, because I told them a little bit about my childhood, and they're just like, "Jesus, Dad!" And I was like, "No, no, don't feel bad for me. I'm a lucky one." Right. You know, I I, I knew kids that were like living on dirt floors and, you know, catching anything they can to eat, and yes. uh, you know, and then not all of them made it. So, but yeah, that was just uh, again that grim reality that um, it's hard sometimes, and I'm not trying to be flip it and dismissive mm-hmm. of right maybe like millennials but i'm so old it's hard not to be um <laughs> it's a thing if for somebody who's like their internet's out and they have a meltdown it's like oh my god it's the end right, of the world you know, because whatever their their muffin is not this and that or is that their latte we, doesn't have what do I'm they like, call it first world problems first world <laughs> i use it all the time and, and i do that too you know i'm sitting there and like i know that well, I have some books ordered for my son, and they're not here. Oh my God, am I going to make it? I got to write a mad blog about it. Yeah. Let uh, me tell you, I tell everybody. I mean, I was born and raised here in Miami, and you know, here it's not only hot; it's very humid. And I remember when I grew up, we finally, you know, we got the uh, AC units in our bedrooms, and we would turn them on at night. But the rest of the time, you had on a fan. You know. Yeah. Well, most people would even have an air conditioner, and they call them uh, alligator. Our AC units where it would suck out the air through the through the ceiling like in the attic if you had yeah. an attic or right. would like pull well, in cool air and blow out the hot. Well, what this what I mean the, the the house that we lived in originally they built it like with a really thick wall so it would stay cool. And but what I'm saying is, and like you know I I didn't I wasn't hurting. Now you take air conditioning oh, away exactly. from me and I become a crybaby. Oh, it's so hot. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing too. Like I told you, is um, when uh, when we were small, because you know, Dad grew up like super rough, and 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 Mom, you know, was kind of similar stuff. I mean, her family was a lot closer than my father's were, because I have like uncles and cousins that I don't know anything about them. It was just like, yeah, they just they didn't. Maybe because my granddad was a convict, but uh, <laughs> it probably had something to do with it. But um, but like I told him, you know, growing up with you know, maybe a fan in the window. Let me ask you this. <laughs> I'm laughing because I, I was talking to my friend again uh, uh, that, that lives out in Arizona. 
And my kids, it's so funny. If you've ever seen like the George Lopez show, uh-huh. and he talks about how he was raised, and they said like, "You're like a white George Lopez." No, I'm like, no, I'm not. But <laughs> they would say, "I said we used to play a game, and it was called uh, Who's Going to Keep the Pillow, because we didn't have enough pillows. Let whoever fell asleep first. Hey man, you're on your own. Boom, that pillow right. would we'll put." We'll put a coat, slide it under your head if you're lucky. You wake up your neck's craned off the bed, and yeah. and whoever went to sleep last, you know, they're flunking in school, but they got, you know, they got some good rest. Yeah. I mean, it, so I try to tell them that. So, the whole thing with the paranormal, <laughs> 180 degrees from that, um, <laughs> that is just weird icing on the cake, you know. Um, I and I notice more when I do interviews. Again, I just touch on everything. It, Cause why not, right? Um, you know, as long as it's something that's um, not disrespectful or whatever. Because it, sometimes it ties in. Because people will kind of go, well. Sometimes if you go, look, I I don't want to be big-headed, a because of the number one thing, I have no reason to be. But it's a thing of going, look. I said, well, I see where you try to hold to that humble thing, and I said, it's not. I'm not trying to fake it. I'm just. There's no reason not to be. Why not? You know, um, I, I I come from nothing. You know, and so I mean, try to treat everybody the same, and and even people that had all really great stuff that can be gone in five minutes. So yes. um, if you got family, you got love, you got. Which don't get me wrong. I mean, man, you know, twenty. I got twenty three years in. Pray for me. Uh, I, I love her to death, and I think she loves me to death. But there's some days it's just like, yeah, I, of course. I love you. I, I got to stay outside. <laughs> I just got to like not be in this room for five minutes. And I think that's actually healthier than not talking. Oh, of course. You know, especially when you're a family that has, you know, especially these kids and this and that. Then you also work together doing paranormal stuff, which she, especially once when our son died, I won't get too deep into it because it's her business, but once our son died, it was hard for her to go especially in anything that had to do with children that had passed. Yeah, I could see how. It's still very Mm knee-jerk. And I had that too. But I think, and this is going to sound sexist because I guess it is, (laughs) men can compartmentalize, I think, a little bit more. Yeah. Because I think society expects us to. Um, And, you know what I'm saying? Don't get me wrong. I mean, mean, mom, yeah, mom don't get a day off. You're absolutely right. Mom can't be sick. You're absolutely right. But, you know, if dad ain't providing, dad's not, not bringing home that bacon, well, no, no one even has to say anything to him because he's going to feel bad. He's going to beat himself up. Right. So, you know, that's, that's that thing. Um, but you know, what, I, the, you know what, Steve? One of the things that um, – and I think it sounds very trite, but I think it's very true, and it's love don't pay the rent. Okay. No, you're right. And that's, yeah, yeah. And that's really – you love your kid or you love your family – Saying right. it is not going to do it when they need to be taken care of. That's... No, well, I mean, well, that's what I try to tell my girls is because they've got a thing. They love every light in the house on. This has nothing to do with the books, but they love to have all the lights <laughs> on. And, and I was like, guys, you know, uh, just, you know, that's that's change. I'm just hearing change at the floor when you leave them on in every room and all the time. And, and, and like you said, it's, you know, uh, kisses and rainbows doesn't – doesn't make the world move. I mean, I'm yeah. not a I'm not a money nut because my father was extremely money oriented, uh, and I think that's one of those flip flops. Like if you have an extremely conservative dad, you're very liberal, or right. vice versa. Uh, but I was just like, look, you know, money's not the number one thing, but it 
you know, if you want to keep staying in the house, sure. or you want to keep, you know, keep riding around in that car, we got to pay our insurance. We got to pay this and that. Exactly. So, uh, and and I think that is again something that's just called, uh, it's just a different time, you know. But oh, of I don't course. Know. I mean, it's it's, and and you know what? And as and again, it, even though we're talking about the paranormal, it's um, it's almost like a backdrop or backstory to what goes on even if whether you're a paranormal author and or a paranormal researcher okay it's like you still have to live your life and with your family and with what's going on around you and in some cases you know you had the loss of two children but you know but, but we people- were like- some people lost all their kids. Some people never had it, had their children, mm-hmm. you know, so, or, or whatever. Um, you know, that's what I'm trying to say. I'm not – I'm looking at the positives and being thankful for what we have. And, you know, we're pretty blessed. Um, you know, and it's so fun- – you know, I know it sounds so goofy when I say that, but and I'm not trying to give you lip service. It's just how you got to be about it. And – um. It's just yeah, like you said, it's just one of those weird things, and what you come through determines not necessarily who you are, how you how you cope, digest whatever different stimuli that you have through your build up to whatever determines sometimes how you cope with it is who you are, what kind of person you are, um, just like in the paranormal stuff, I may not have been, I might have been a different kind of person i may have been more of one of those come at me bro guys if i if i was raised in sort of a different thing and i, I know you know exactly what i'm talking about um but it's one of those things and I'm, i don't have any problems with that individual i just i'm like come on come on man please stop um but for you to have a truly legitimate paranormal show it, it would be three quarters of it would be People either in lawn chairs in a graveyard or sitting up here and there, <laughs> back and forth. There may be like little drama about like, well, why does she always want to do the EVPs? I can do it too. Or <laughs> a little paradrama. <laughs> paradrama, right? Or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and then maybe you catch something. And if not, you know, then last, whatever, last 15, 20 minutes of people sitting listening to EVPs and going, did you, did you hear? No, okay. What did you think it was? And then you're arguing. Oh, I think it said, give me the cup. And then I, I said, I hicked, I, I hicked up. And then I said, who's Chuck? And where do you get who in that? Oh, my God. You know, I said, no. That kind of goofy stuff. That's that's reality. I, I want to see a true-to-life paranormal yeah. show. And exactly. it, it's almost like this is Spinal Tap, but for ghost hunters. Yeah, I wanna, exactly. I want to correct that. I, but, let me tell you something. That would be very refreshing. Well, actually, it, you know... Um, <laughs> Because that it is what it is. It's not like, uh, yeah. It's almost like people sometimes think that uh, if you're a paranormal investigator or you know researcher, you're like exempt from all the things that normal people have to do. It's not not really. You just have to carve out time for this. No, uh, and that's the thing. It's it's you know um, I'm new to this whole book thing, and you know I'm not. I ain't getting rich on this thing at all. Um, I, I mean, I'm thankful for the people that's buying the books, but I'm saying, I mean, I'm not looking at a house in Vail, you know. <laughs> I don't even know where Vail's at, but it, I've heard people say, my house in Vail. Um, I think it's California, right? Colorado? I See, think. I would have been in the wrong state. It started with a C. <laughs> I was close. I think. I'm but, not even uh, sure myself, to be honest with I'm you, but sorry. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying and, as far as a reference to Vail. You hear what I'm saying? But, but yeah, and 
something to – and this is true of raising children. This is true of a love of an event or a love of, of uh, a hobby. Like I told my girls, um, I am not – like, okay, you remember me as a small child. I was at a certain point in my life uh, knowing how to raise children or not knowing how to raise children. I am now not that same man who I was. I will not be the same man when I'm a granddad. You're sure. going to be going, wait a minute. He's, they're letting him or her running around do this in the living room. Man, I could never do that. It's a grandkid. We're yeah, of worn course, out of my of life. Course. We're going to let them get away with things, and we're going to spoil them rotten, and we're going to send and them home And that's right, because with... then you're going to take them home, and you're the one that's right. responsible. <laughs> and then you get that, and you get that curse of going, I hope today, one day you yeah. have a child that acts like you, and that curse comes true. My mom yeah. said it, and by God, I got it. There but they're go. good kids. They're, they're, you know, they're working through college and doing things like that, and God bless them. But it's one of those things that, you know, people, okay. You ever seen those paintings where, okay, it's either like an old lady or it's like a, no, it's a skull or it's a, a lady. Yes, right. Yeah, that, 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 that like optical illusion. Yeah, and it, and neither one of them is right, neither one of them is wrong. It's your perception and what, mm-hmm. and what you're bringing to uh, that point of your point of your life. And I think that I, I, especially like say with EVPs and things, I listen to them differently now. Yes. Um, because when we first got into it, you know, it was. I think we officially. The, the name of my thing is the Caldwell County Paranormals. I didn't want to call it the Caldwell County Ghost Hunter, mm-hmm. Caldwell County Spook Chaser, you know, Booger Wrangler, any of that <laughs> jazz. I'm not wrangling nothing. I'm. We're interested in the paranormal. There's more than one of us. Paranormals. It covers a wider array of different paranormal things and right. whatever. Um. But the, when we first got into it, you know, we had – I mean I ain't going to lie. You know, we had like matching shirts and things more and, you know, like black with yellow lettering. And, it was, you know, it wasn't tabs, but it was pretty close to tabs uh. um, <laughs> because that was the preeminent show. And yeah, it was like, yeah. oh, I guess that's what we do. But right. by still reading, I was like, well, some of it I believe, some of it I don't. Some of this doesn't really go with some of the things that I feel mm-hmm. was right. And you find your own niche in it. But – you know, I I can't roll that way now because a I feel ridiculous. Not that, that they can do it, it's fine, but I yeah I don't feel I don't want to try to ape someone else's thing. Um, that's why we don't do a lot of okay. Do you ever do a lot of stuff with like the rim pods and the voice thing with jiggies? I've I've um <sighs> I've joined some group. No, not joined. I'm I, I've always considered myself a freelance, which means I used. I still do. I work with a research foundation that does the whole state of Florida. But I always sometimes, you know, after, after you've been doing this for as long as I have, uh, I, you get asked by a lot of groups to, to help them out, to give them a hand. So right. usually if there's a REM pod, it's their REM pod <laughs> is what right. I'm trying to get to. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm stuck to the basics. Right. I And that's the worst thing ever because God forbid somebody – I mean no one's, no one's going to want to sponsor me. But uh, may, maybe like AA or something if I ever decide to go that way. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I'm like – I my our rods, we made ourselves. Mm-hmm. We you know kept it really simple. We used basic recording equipment, temperature right. gauges, EMF meters. Right. Um, we do have no, – okay, noise uh, – or not noise detectors, motion detectors. Do you ever seen what people have them in places? As you know far how much as those things are? No, I haven't. No. 
more than more than I need to spend. Like I, I, some fifty, seventy, eighty, ninety dollars. You're gonna laugh at me, and that's okay because I laugh at me too. <laughs> um, I would go during Halloween to Dollar Tree if they want to. If they want to back me, feel free. I shop there all the time. <laughs> Dollar Tree, and I, you remember those little Halloween, those little ghosts and those witches that you. You go past it and it goes off. I know yeah, it's right. Just, they got the motion detector. Yeah, they got a motion detector in them. Mm-hmm. And I would say, okay, put the witch on the witch on the front door. Put the ghost on the back door. Boom, uh-huh. back door. B, both sorts of the B. Um, so if we set it up and something breaks it, we go something. Something's happening by the front door. Yeah, that is very very. Uh, what I'm thinking of, like almost hee hawish, goofyish, <laughs> but you know what? It works. And Surf- you know what? If it, if it gets broken or gets yeah. stomped on, man, I'm out of buck. I guess I'm going to have to yeah, it's like, go oops. to the bank and get another buck. Yeah. I mean, and, and like exactly. I said again, that's part of the extremely DIY vibe I come to with it. Right. And, no- and that's the thing. I think that I'm not going to say all because there's pieces of equipment that I understand, but. A lot of it sometimes I think is priced not so much on really what it is as in it's been touted as the thing you yeah. must have if you're yeah. a serious ghost right. hunter. Or it's so. got, look, look at all these lights on it. You know, look yeah, at all this. Exactly. And it pops and whistles and, you know, and, and that was fine. You know, I, I had, you know, a lot of little toys like that when I was a kid and stuff. But we're trying to put a quant to quantify something that I think supersedes and, and are, are not supersedes just goes beyond physical laws as we know it or they may be the actual physical laws but we're just not there yet I think a lot of it has to do with a certain vibrational frequency that humans are at, on at the point and I know it sounds kind of hippy dippy mm-hmm. I think once we raise our vibrational levels and ascend to like a was it a class one civilization class two you know I was sound a little Star Trekky, but once we can get past some of that goofy infighting and uh, and all that, you know, start start the national anthem behind me as I'm talking. But no, I mean, we can come together as, as, as global people and and still keep our individuality, but not be able to see beyond what we're seeing because you know it's that oh you know don't look at don't worry about the man behind the curtain. Look over here. Um, as as long as we're not able to focus any more than we're able to. I don't know when and if we'll ever be able to do that, but but that's the thing is you know, um, like at least with equipment anyway, it's like oh well this is this because this is how ghosts show up and this is how well we don't know that we don't even know if they're ghosts. Oh right, that, and, yeah, no, this is a lot of it's a lot of theories, some stronger than others, but you know. Well, I mean, well, I've had people just like roll their eyes at me like I was a biggest idiot in the world that's a nice kentucky word idiot idiot (laughs) world and i'm like buddy you you walk around in matching caps and (laughs) come on you know i mean don't be wrong if you find something and you can you can keep showing it and keep doing it um i study criminal justice believe it or not and if you (laughs) it doesn't show but i swear to god i did um and if you're going by the scientific method, you have to be able to reproduce exactly. the same phenomenon uh, un- under different situations and different whatever. And mm-hmm. you know, if you have a control uh, control uh, test, exactly, or whatever, it's fine. But to be able to show a constant 
return of the same whatever with the same input, then you can go, oh, well, that lends some credence to this yeah. theory. Mm -hmm. um, but you have people go, but no, so-and-so does this, or I took this uh, – I'm rubbing my I'm rubbing my temples because I'm giving myself a headache. There's these people that will give classes, and there's nothing wrong with going. Hey, we will teach you the basics of ghost hunting. Exactly. That's nice. That's cool. That's great. That's admirable. But when it's like, hey, and you know what? You take this for, you know, however many hundred dollars, you'll get a certificate. You're a real ghoster. Yay. It's got a sticker and everything. You know, and I'm like, first of all, I don't really need their approval, right? Because um, it's sort of like. You see that sky? It's all mine. I'm pretty sure it's not all yours. Uh, but and there's some people maybe feel more um, feel better about it. You know, it maybe it gives them a certain a certain amount of um, what am I looking for? A certain uh, uh, man. I'm trying to word this right. Confidence. Right. Because it's like I can come say something to you that might be true medically. But if a guy, you know, good-looking guy comes out from, like, Grey's Anatomy and says, yes, this such and such and such, you're going, oh, Doc, I'm, 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 I'm with you. Now I believe it because he said it, you know. Yeah, um, the authority figure. The, yes, and people, as much as they say they don't want that, they want that. And mm -hmm. so I'm kind of the worst. I was always, like you talked about, being parts of teams. Um, took me a long time to want to start a team because mm -hmm. it was that whole, you know, any team that would any, – any club that would have me. I don't, want to be, I don't want to be a member of type of thing. Um, I was the kid that would always help build the clubhouse, but I didn't want to be a part of it. I was happy to help build it, but I don't want to deal with the freaky rules or whatever you got going on. I'm, I think I'm yeah. a little bit too much of a libertine, and I don't do well in society yeah. <laughs> to a point. I know what you mean. Don't, the, the hierarchy thing is not for you. Uh, no, I, I'm very anti-hive mind. Mm -hmm. I, uh, yeah. it, I, really, I really kind of – not 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 that guy i totally like understand I said, you know it's you know it's it's real easy to go too far with that there's camaraderie and there's guys and groups and other writers that are of the same mindset right. more or less like almost call them literate like literary anarchists are but in a good way they're not blowing anything up but they're just going we don't know anything but we're going to go into it and see what we can find out. That to me, that is discovery. That is, yeah, sure. that is true science. I mean, uh, as, as goofy as some of the stuff I've said, I do have a component of that in my heart. Because otherwise, why do it? Why fake it? Well, I think some people, you know, also there's there's more ego in it than there is the uh, the want or the desire for discovery or true discovery or true. It's more about what's going to get a lot of attention. You know, well, even if it's not that accurate. Well, I mean, I mean, and I, I have to be forthright enough to say, you know, you want people to like what you do. Oh, of course. You want, you know, you know, all the years that I, you know, played music and stuff like that. If people were booing at you and throwing a beer <laughs> bottle past your head, that yeah. kind of sucks. Mm -hmm. If you've got two or three people clapping, you feel like you're ten foot tall and king of the world. You know, first time I had someone ask me for a signature, which is so weird. Mm -hmm. um, on my book, and I'm like, "Who sent you?" You know, this is got to be a gag. What was the joke? You know, um, yeah. like, who do I sign it to? You suck as a writer. Oh, okay, thanks. I get the joke. <laughs> but you know, everyone wants to be appreciated for what they do, and and 
or what they're trying to do. Uh, I think it's just everyone should be accepted. But it's one of those horrible. I mean, it was catch twenty two. Like I think a lot of right artists are, if I can use that with a small a. Mm-hmm. You want to be accepted, but then when you are, it's like you're trying to catch a tiger by the tail. To use that old expression. Yes. Well, you got it. What now? Um, mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I didn't ever think I'd get here. It's like why Kelly finally catches the Roadrunner. It's like now what? He doesn't know what to do. You know. So, um, and that's very minor. Uh, but it's super. It's super sweet because, like a lot of a lot of my readers, and I think readers in general probably are female. Um, a lot, of, a lot of them are, are female, like soccer moms, or maybe even a little older. There's some, mm-hmm. a few younger. Most of them are kind of from that time because I will talk about things that, you know, especially in the penitentiaries or different places, um, or whatever that touch on times they grew up through. Mm-hmm. That's a female so, Right, and it's not like I'm not trying to do cutting edge, hip, whatever, and some agenda, <laughs> and I'm not. I don't have time for that. But um. But yeah, people people have been sweet about it so far. You know, I'm I'm really curious how they're going to take this book because it's uh it it's it's kind of melancholy. There's some some really spooky, you know, like criminally insane type characters in here, but there's also some really really sad. Um, like I'm like I'm wrote it. I was glad I got done with it because I'm like, geez, I can't write anymore about this horrible story. Huh? No, I mean not that the story was bad, but it was just it it affected me. The um, characters. Yeah, because I I connect with these um, stories, and because like like I told you, a lot of times it might be uh, X amount of people had different experiences in it, so you combine it, so it's not it makes the story really strong. And, exactly. Um, and so it stands out. So, you know, but anyway, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see what people take of it and make of it. And, well, you know, you know what? It has been fantastic talking to you, Steve. And I'm looking forward. When are your books going to come out this year at all? Or when, when do you, do you have any idea of when they're going to be uh, yes, published? Uh, and I will tell you this real quick. It's okay. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I do have a webpage and yes. it's Steve w- with another E. Like Steve, like basically like Steve with two, two E's at the end, like S T E V E E Asher, dot com. So no, it's all lowercase and together, and um, you can get like links to the books for that there. But if you go to like Amazon, you go to Simon and Schuster. I'm through Permuted, but they go through Simon and Schuster for distribution. Um, you can get well. It I, I am putting a link on the credits of the show also, as far as. That it's going to go to your website, but I'm glad anyway that you're cool. mentioning it for the people that are hearing the podcast version. Uh, as far as that, that's your, uh, like you said, your website, steveeasher.com. Right. Which everybody, because half the people that knew me would go, so it's Stevie Asher? Not, no, it's not like, it's not, it's, it's not with IE like, right. Like when I was five, it's Steve with another E Asher.com. Um, but as of the books, uh, the first book's out. The first book's been out since, uh, Late part of last year, and Western uh, the Honeys of Western Lunatic Asylum came out just this last month, and so Honeys of Kentucky State Penitentiary has been out for a year, and the other one's been out for about a month. Okay. Uh, and so, of course, right now I'm trying to slam through all as many little show or not little shows necessarily, but shows and and the ones whatever, that you're working stuff. on. Do you are they going to be out this? I mean, at all do this year or? Honestly, I'm thinking I'm trying. I'm gonna need to talk to those guys because I'm I'm one of these guys 
that with it being scary books, I kind of like to try to do them around Halloween. Yeah. I'd rather not let them out right in spring, but maybe mm-hmm. maybe they seem to sell better in spring. Maybe people are getting ready to go in the summer. They want some books to read. Yes. Uh, but uh, as of now, I'm not sure. I think the way it's going to happen, the next book will come out in 2019. The next last of the four will come out in 2020. And the books that I'm writing on now will come out after that. And, and you know, unless I, unless I decide to release them um, more than one at a time, or if I, you know, like you talked about self-publishing, there's some stuff I could do self-publishing, but right. I try to keep the paranormal stuff with permitted right now. You know, we'll see, we'll see how that goes. But um, and I, if I can say, the House of Asher on YouTube, yes. uh, check it out and Absolutely. leave a comment. And uh, like I said, it's just kind of like this, but. Maybe even goofier than me talking. Goofier. You'll be I'll, you'll be getting a new subscriber, as in me. <laughs> awesome! I need that. I'm trying to get up to. They got a thing to where I think you have to have like a hundred subscribers to do live stream. Mm, oh yes, or, that. And I you know I'm what? Sure. They're really weird. Some they they do say that, but uh, it's really funny. You take a survey or two, or you contact them, and uh, they're pretty cool. I think uh, they they let you go before that. I guess they just put in sometimes as a little bit of a safety catch well, in case somebody does con- something crazy. Content is and are you know, they get in there early and throw out stuff like no no you need to know what co- is content safe. Right. Well, uh, if I can say one uh, two more things. Sure. Um, I am doing some shirts um, that's connected to like stories in the book. Okay. And uh, in the different books and those are haunting of shirts and it's that's through like posh embroidery on Facebook. It's in Princeton. Okay. Posh, like P-O-S-H, and if it's okay, uh, we do have actually, we do have one, I'm sorry, I'm stuttering, we do have one, uh, what you call it, um, backer, supporter, Allers um, Oddities out of Paducah, who's actually gave me a lot of the, the weird, spooky stuff I've got here. Really? That Isn't that great? Oh, he's really, he's really cool. He does a lot of like, uh, like redone like dolls and things like that, and okay. he had sent me something that come from H.H. H. Holmes's house. It was some of his flatware. <laughs> okay <laughs> right just weird right yeah just, so i'm like okay that's something strange to have but yeah <laughs> yeah yeah but anyway but no but i, I really do appreciate you having me on and no absolutely um, my pleasure i know it's kind of like trying to hold on to uh like a jacked up uh bull on cocaine or something running down <laughs> a hallway or something i'm all over the place but but i do appreciate you being so so kind and gentle no absolutely it was wonderful it was great and i look forward uh like i said i'll be one of your next subscribers and also you know not only your existing books but the new books because you are definitely a storyteller and i mean that in a positive way not i don't want you to think absolutely an excellent storyteller well i do appreciate it take care you too ma'am bye-bye bye-bye all right guys so what did you think well, you know what? This story, this I'm going to have to break up this interview into two parts. And um, you'll probably realize it by the time you see this part, because this will be at the end, which will be the end of part two because of the length of the interview. But it's a fascinating interview because, again, um, Yes, he's an author and he's a paranormal researcher. But if you listen to his story about how about his prior life, what I mean, his prior life, as in before he started uh, writing the books and did uh, a bunch of the paranormal research. Yeah, he had like a lot of the people that I've interviewed. They have had a childhood uh, 
uh, experience or things like that and um, and it's almost like um, like I, where we discussed it even before we uh, started recording where some of the experiences that he has a kid which man that thing in the doorway holy crap some people it's either pushes them towards interest in the paranormal as an adult or they run in the other direction everybody's different some people is like this is it once I once that shift in the reality happens it's like I want it I I want to pretend I never saw this and they retreat and then you get other people like Steve who said I'm scared I'm really scared but I want to conquer this fear and I want to find out more about it and then of course you know you play out your life I mean there's always more than one thing going on in our lives and obviously you know he grew up and did his thing and now he's a husband and a father and he still uh did what he did and uh but and, and I wasn't kidding because a lot of times uh people will see these shows of paranormal investigators and they think that uh well um, obviously if you've got a tv show you know, you've got a TV show and basically this is what's paying your bills, you know, and everything that comes with it. And, but in truth, the majority of, and I want to say it and I don't care, the true ghost hunters, the true paranormal investigators, which are the groups that are out there across the United States, which are manned by professionals. And when I mean professionals, I don't need to mean necessarily professionals as in what you do, as in people that are professionals in what they do as investigators which is what their conduct, their code of conduct is with clients, whoever. Those are the true ones. And But my point being that all these people, I think everybody that I've interviewed, myself included, you don't charge anything. You know, you're, you know, you're lucky if you have a client that if you're traveling, will give you some gas money. But you don't ask for money. And sometimes people can, sometimes, a lot of times they can't. So what I'm saying is that when you are, this really uh, is something that you like to do. You do it and you persist even at, while your regular life is happening. And you have a full-time job and you have a family and you have other obligations. Um, in other words, that's the reality of this. And and if you have the persistence, which by the way, I, I hope you, then you go ahead and you do what he's doing. He wrote a book. He's got two and he's got a lot more percolating up here, which is great. But, and I say this because there's a lot of people out there that say, oh, I don't have time or I'm too complicated. If you listen to what he's saying and you could tell, you know, he has a, uh, he has special needs children and he even, even lost one and he was working. Let's face it, I imagine that that job being a uh, a guard for in uh, maximum security prison, that carried a lot of stress. I'm positive of that. And this guy still went ahead and uh, researched and wrote his books. So I think, I mean, and I'm saying this for those people that are interested or wanting to become paranormal investigators uh, 
it's you know you need, you need to look beyond the hype of what you see on TV and figure out which by the way he 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 pointed out you know if and I know and I know some um in other words don't fall for a course <laughs> on ghost hunting forget it it's a waste of money it is it really truly is if you want to read some books and you read you know that a little bit about it if you're if you're really unfamiliar with it um and your best bet is if see if you can find a group i know some groups will even take people you know or if you can join a group and not start a group not start one join one like i said look for a group that's been around for a little bit in other words They've gotten rid of the paradrama and they're really uh, gelled and they know what they're doing. And join them. Join them. And then figure out, do I really like this? Am I really scared? Is it really boring? It's not what I thought it was going to be. Or I'm really into it. But yeah, you know, save your money. Don't join them. That's, that's a waste of money. Because like I said before, if you really like it and if you really like are into it and you really understand what are the risks sometimes are involved because of something that you might come across uh if you understand all of that uh there's nothing nothing as in field work like in all things that have to do with research field work going out there going out to meet people uh going to different scenarios um uh, following instructions, putting together, you know, working within a team, you know, all those things. It's 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 very interesting. But yeah, I'm glad he pointed that out. Anyway, I think he's a super 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 interesting uh, author. Um, definitely has got materials. I think his, you know, between what he gets people to tell him <laughs> like that. Oh my God, and. Um, and I'm sure his own uh, writing abilities. I'm sure he's got quite a few books that eventually he's going to put out. So anyway, guys, I hope you like this. Like I said, I'm going to have part one and part two of this um, of this interview. And please, uh, true believers, don't forget to send me your stories. Go to MiamiGhostChronicles.com. Go to the Submit Your Story tab and let me hear your true ghost story. Also, subscribe to us so you get notified whenever we release a show, whether it's on YouTube or whether you're catching a podcast version on any of the different platforms that we release a show on. Uh, And again, thank you so very much for your time and for being part of my audience, because like I say before, and I will always say you, I think you are all wonderful. Take care, guys.